0: Good evening and welcome to a Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday. It's the Buddy Martin Show and Podcast. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking, but be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better, stronger, faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth, but no toothbrush.
1: What if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. Bye. I'm ready, I'm ready for this my whole life. Well, I'm incapable of small. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right?
2: Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many
1: great athletes.
0: Good evening. Welcome to Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday on the Buddy Martin Show and answering the question right off. No, Edgar Thompson is not with us tonight, hopefully tomorrow night. Edgar is at the basketball game, which by the way, has anybody seen? Can someone please tell me where it is on my television set? I just walked in the door for the Ocala quarterback club, had a little computer problem to fix, and I can't find the Gator LaSalle basketball game on. So, Hit me up with that, and I'll uh, we'll, I'll be able to, to at least tape while we're on the air. Uh, it's been a busy day. It's been a good day. <clears throat> Got to go down to the villages this morning or this afternoon early and meet up with the newest skater basketball commit, Trey Mann. Remember the name, Trey Mann. You're going to be here a lot of be hearing a lot of stuff about this young man. Uh, he's six four, point guard slash kind of a shooting guard. And uh, Franz Beard and I earlier today. Interviewed Trey down at uh, the Charter School in the villages. Interview was posted. Excuse me, interview was posted right here online, the Buddy Martin Show. If you'd like to see it tonight, coming up in just a minute, we'll be hearing from Kate Casey. What was it like down on the sideline while the Gator fans were booing the quarterback, and what was the response, and what did Tate Casey of the Gator Radio Network? have to say about that uh, in his role as sideline reporter. We'll get that take. And then coming up after that, we'll be talking to Chris Storing of SEC uh, Network. We'll get a chance to catch up with Chris. I want to talk about the New Year's Six Bowls, a little bit about the rankings, a little bit of the Heismans with Chris, as well as Tate. And then if there's time, we promised last night to try and play part of the interview we had on the SEC Today Network on, on XM Series yesterday that they had me on. The show was uh, uh, Chris Childers and Aaron Murray. We talked about some of the things regarding Florida football. So if there's time to get that on, a little audio. We'll cut a bite from there and play it for you. And Mac, Terry Norvell, who does a streaming show on Facebook uh, right here on the program. Uh, sometimes we see it on our channel. Uh, Terry Mike Norvell is, is uh, streaming on Facebook Live, College Sports Today. He was the speaker tonight at the O'Connor Quarterback Club. We'll grab, we grabbed him for a couple of minutes to get his thoughts. So, all that's coming up. Maybe a lot more. I'll say good evening to all of you real quick. David, um, Christopher, good evening to you. Hello, Paula, Kyle, uh, Roger over in Ningbo, uh, Becky Smith, Donald Wilder, Alexander, Vanessa, Michael, Kyle, uh, etc. Again, same people. Maris, uh, Jake, uh, Jake four times, Chris, Mark Cummings. How are you, my friend? Good to hear from you. All right, so it'll be a slower night tonight because of the game of basketball, although I see quite a few of you have climbed on here. And we'll, while we're doing this, and we will put this up right now and talk about Grinders while we get our friend on the phone and talk to Tate Casey. He's coming up. Uh, I want to tell you about one of our fine sponsors, uh, folks at Grinders, who uh, do a terrific job with clothing if you need uh, some men's clothing. This is a place you go. If you're from around here, you know. Go to downtown Ocala, 405 East Service Boulevard. Find out what they talk about Grinders being a tradition in Ocala since 1962. I say Ocala is a lot more uh it's also uh, in this area they've been dressing generations of men for a long time, and the Lady Logger started it, and now it's being carried on by David DeSantis. They have all kinds of terrific clothes there. One thing you can count on is you'll be in style. You have good taste going for you, especially if you want to get a jacket or a tie or a coat, whatever. That's somebody that take care of you right there, Brandon or, or, uh, or David, and, uh, just go down and see what they've got to offer. They don't pressure you. Uh, they have great quality clothing. Uh, and they're very involved with in the community, so let's look at some of the stuff they got. We'll be talking more about what you they've got for Christmas gifts as we go. I've got a chance to visit Grinders Ocala Traditions since 1962. There it is, 405 East of Silver Springs Boulevard. While we see if we can get a hold of Mr. Tate Casey and get his take on things, I've got a chance to catch a little bit of Tate on the show uh, on his uh, broadcast. And I must say he's doing very well for his first year, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, we'll get a chance to catch up with Tate. Hopefully if he answers this telephone call, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll get his thoughts. So well, there he is on screen. <clears throat> uh, all right. So Tate is not answering at the moment. Uh, we'll try back at a moment with Tate. Um, all right, uh, let's do this. I'm going to go ahead and slide on an uh, interview I did with Terry Norvell tonight. Uh, and uh, before I do that, I'll play a quick commercial. Uh, and I'll put on the interview with Terry Norvell. We'll get a hold of Tate in just a moment. Uh, let me just uh, tell folks about our friends at Daniel L. Hightower. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up, and- They got all them teeth, but no
3: toothbrush.
0: Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. Alright, we're going to stop doing that right now. And we're going to do this.
2: Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you are entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you are entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you are entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting. Um, thank you very much. Uh, yeah,
0: we love Daniel Hightower, but we don't love him enough to play his commercial three times, and I think we've got now on the other side... Uh, We've got a guy who uh, uh, is uh, preparing for, my gosh, can it be this many games already? Uh, It has been, this is week 11, this is week 10, uh, this is week 11, it's hard to believe that he's already a veteran sideline reporter, and and a guy who played the game, and uh, I must say I caught your act a little bit the last couple of weeks, and uh, pretty good stuff man not bad you know not bad you're you're working your way out. you're learning how to get in and get out with Mick and uh I uh, like your analysis so pretty good stuff so far how's it oh, going uh, take oh, Casey
3: good. I appreciate it it's going good buddy I appreciate you having me on man uh
0: yeah thanks for being on the program and I wondered about you because of the things I've been reading and seeing and hearing regarding uh, players former players comments. Uh, and wh- how they deal with uh, social media and having to do quote-unquote analysis and also sometimes being semi-critical. Now, you know you played the game. You know what it's like to have a former player come back and say things that are unflattering about you. Uh, and yet you also now appreciate the job as an analyst where you have to say things factually like, that wasn't a good route. He broke it off too quick or whatever, or they're not getting hitting a deep ball. And I know you have to walk a fine line. How's that going so far, Tate?
3: I think it's going all right. You know, I think, um, you know, there's analysis where you can make it in a sense. It's not necessarily overly critical of the athlete himself, but uh, for us as a team or us as an offense or us as a defense, um, you know, I think some guys obviously have a passion for this game. They've been there, done that. They've been part of these championship-caliber teams, and, and we're used to that mentality. I think for certain former players, sometimes it's the mentality of, of the team in itself as opposed to, you know, the performance on the field. Um, and I'll give you an example. You know, there's guys who are very overly critical of, you know, the body language and the attitude of the team during certain situations or scenarios over the last few years that I think bothers some guys that have been a part of championship caliber teams that, that wasn't necessarily around. Um, some of us have been there. I mean, I've been a part of those teams before, you know, before the turnaround and, and winning championships, we, we had similar scenarios where we weren't, we just weren't that good. Um, we, I say we were good. We weren't great. We weren't winning championships. Uh, we weren't where we need to be. So I've definitely seen both sides of the coin there. Um, but, you know, for me, you can kind of break it down to the X's and O's, and and there's certain things that I see that, hey, we're just not executing that very well or we're just not doing this very well. We're getting pushed off the ball or, you know, up front. Um, I, I think most athletes will take a certain level of criticism. Um, we're pretty thick-skinned. So I think a lot of times we didn't have to deal with the social media. You know, we yeah, didn't have to right. deal with the- with the Twitter, you know, YouTube wasn't even really all that popular. Um, most of my college days, and Facebook was just getting off the ground. So, uh, I can't tell you how I'd react to it. I probably wouldn't pay much attention to it. I liked reading more print and, and making sure that the stuff was was mm-hmm. factual that was being put out there that we were, you know, saying. Um, that's about as much as I paid attention to media. No offense to anybody in the media, but. Just to make sure that what I said was being put out there factually.
0: Yeah, and that's that's obviously also a very big thing. They, don't forget, though. By the way, you know this now. Getting accurate information is not easy.
3: No, and especially this day and age, with with the you know the internet takeover and and how quick and on demand everything is these days, it's uh, it, it's easy for someone to see something and take it as factual and and then run with it. And and you know by the time they put it out there to their followers, it could be something that's completely false. So it's very hard to decipher these days what
0: exactly is fact and what's fiction. Boy, is it ever. And there's a lot going on right now, I am to tell you. uh, Let's talk about, first of all, last Saturday. Unusual day and a huge day for the Gators. They made a quantum leap last week, as we all know they'll come back. And the play of the quarterback, who has been criticized profoundly for all practical purposes, a virtual benching, in uh, my opinion, there's no way he would have started that game. That's just my opinion. <clears throat> However, uh, I will say that uh, he redeemed himself for a day. But that's only for a day, and Gator fans don't have a long page, lot of patience with the quarterbacks, that's for sure. So, number one, let me ask you. You were on the sideline. You heard the booze. You you, you heard what it was. What, you know, what were you thinking when you heard it? And secondly, what was your response to what uh, Felipe Franks did when he shushed the crowd?
3: I didn't see it um, when it happened. You know, I I heard a little bit of the booing early in the game, and that was really about it. Um, I didn't actually see the shushing of the crowd until, you know, it came to my attention on Twitter later in the day when Mm -hmm. I got home. And so, you know, for me as an athlete, you've got to find, you know, a number of reasons why you play the game and what drives you, what motivates you the most. And and if that's going to put a chip (laughs) on Felipe Frank's shoulder – to be quite honest with you, I'm with Dan, you know, he's he's eighteen to twenty two years old. You are gonna make those decisions based on emotion, um, and a lot of times just a passion for what you do. So I'm not I'm not really hypercritical of it. I think there's better way to handle it, um and, and that's just go out there and, and put out your best performance and, and continue to do what you do. But, you know, I will say that he's of all people in the last probably five years, he's taken some pretty heavy criticism Um, at the quarterback position, which we've had quite a few quarterbacks roll through there, Uh, and we've been pretty inconsistent at that position the last five years with the uh, departure of Will Greer, you know, the injuries to um, uh, Luke Del Rio and and a couple of the other guys that we've had in and out with Treyon Harris and those guys. So, you know, I think Gator fans are just looking for some form of consistency that's going to win games at that position, And, and we haven't really yet to have it until this year. And then, of course, at the first sign of, inconsistency this year, we started seeing that wave of emotion out of Gator fans too, uh, towards Felipe Frank. So.
0: You know, and here's the thing, Tate, your job is pretty much to talk about football and what's happening on the sideline, get information. And you don't get into the other parts of this, but when you get back home and you talk to your friends and you talk to the fans, they want to know. About things, and you of course, can't go public with everything that you talk about. but there is that element and the reason I bring this up tonight is is there this 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 comes out now, this story about Luke del Rio, <clears throat> uh, which uh, he has a column he has a he has an analysis now. I read a piece today about it about what he's trying to make a media career and God bless him. I mean hopefully he'll do well. Uh, he's trying to walk both sides of the street. It just doesn't work. I've seen athletes do it. You ultimately have to decide who, what's your job, what you're supposed to be, who you're loyal to. I I told this to Terry Bradshaw 30 years ago, the first time he ever had to criticize the Steelers. And he looked into the cameras at CBS when I was working with him, and he sure hated to have to say it, and he felt bad about it. And I said to Terry when it was over, not that I'm that, that smart, but this I did know, Terry, the Steelers don't sign your check anymore. CBS signs your check, and they want you to give them information as best you can, and if it's critical information, so be it. That's yep. the chips have to fall, and you know that, Tate, now you see what it's like. But there is a fine line. The question is, has Luke Del Rio stepped over it, which some people say he did, by making out and out statements like he did on his Twitter account, where he said that Mullen could lose the fan base. That's not analysis. That's not even good criticism. It's basically his own personal projection, and has no merit whatsoever. As just except as an opinion. No, uh,
3: I, you know, I think that <clears throat> I think from Luke's perspective, and, and to his credit, that's really all he knows is is from that perspective, right? I don't know if he really underst- understood what having the fan base felt like, um, just due to the nature of what the program you know, had gone through over the last five, six years. Now, we've had some successful years. I mean, just three years ago in the SEC title game. Um, So he's he's obviously seen a part of that. But, you know, I think when you talk about losing the fan base, Dan Mullen's done everything in his power to try and gain it, you know, to get everybody back there, to get this whole buy-in, not only with his team, but with the culture of Florida football and bring the fans back in. I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, But that being said, you know, I've listened to Luke. I've I've jumped on his podcast and listened a little bit. I think for – What do you
0: think? I've not heard
3: it. I think for somebody, like I said, for somebody trying to make a career in media, you're absolutely right. He he has to be able to not necessarily talk, you know, bias to one single thing. I I, I would love to see him kind of dabble more into either pro sports or college football or this. It's a little bit all over the place for for my taste. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do, you know, I, I don't mind it. I mean, he's 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 out there grinding, trying to make a career out of something. He's passionate about what he does, and you know, I can't criticize that. I think that's everybody who's who's out trying to make a living right
0: now. No, so. hey, listen, I, I'm in the media myself. I, mm-hmm. I criticize the Gators. I'm not a former player. I was a walk-on no, baseball player, no, 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 but I mean,
3: I mean, mind you, mind you, though, buddy. You know, Luke Luke is a little bit different than than most people you'll talk to that have been in a program for five years, you know, as opposed to being in three, three programs in five years. So his, his story is a little bit different. It's it's kind of a, he he does have a different perspective and it's something that, you know, I I don't mind listening to it. You know, I think that uh, everybody's got their opinion and I don't know if I'd say he overstepped the line he's definitely towing it. Um, and a lot of, a lot of (laughs) fans and former players that I've talked to his mind, um, but I don't know, you know, if, if that's just necessarily to gain a little bit of popularity with the
0: podcast. or if well, that's- Of course it is, and that's okay, but you better be prepared to defend it. And sure. here's the difference, and I'm a a wise old head who's been doing this 100 years. Uh, I don't have all the answers, but I've seen a lot of radios. And I'll just say this, good to, for luck to Luke. I wish him all the best with his podcast. He's a bright guy. He probably has a different perspective. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with being critical. Because something needs to be – you need to criticize it. What you have to do, though, is understand if you said – and you wouldn't do this. If you said, based on my 10 games on the sideline and hearing the fans and talking to them and watching the reaction, that Dan Mullen has a very tough ground to defend if he sticks with his quarterback and Felipe Franks is the guy just based on what I'm hearing and seeing it would have had some validity because you are there. You are yeah. amongst him. You have it's information. Probably, you know what I mean? Probably,
3: more so probably had I played with Felipe Franks too. And I think that that's a, another caveat to that that discussion. Is yes. the fact that He was in the locker room with Felipe yeah. last year. Yeah. And there's you know, obviously a lot to that.
0: Yeah. So anyway, so that's just one point. And I'm not jumping down Luke's throat. It just happens to be in the news right now. Uh, yeah. And the whole situation. So, so all right. So we got that going. All right. Now, just real quickly, I'll wrap this up with you and 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 let you go. And thank you for your time. Uh, uh, this team now ought to be able to to move on to a major to a New Year's Day uh, bowl game uh, if all goes well. They're 13th among the committee. Uh, it looks like Felipe is going to have to take them there. We'll get to see Emory Jones. Give me your scenario on where they go from here with Emory Jones and where this team might wind up playing.
3: You know, he's got two games left. I think, um, if you were going to play in a perfect world, I'd say Florida State in the bowl game would be two valuable, valuable games to get him some experience in. Um, you know, I don't know where Dan's going to go with that. You know, two out of three games left. He'll, he'll get some playing time that's going to add to his experience for next year as he, you know, turns a corner into that freshman year or his redshirt freshman year. Um, you know, you're riding the Felipe horse. I know Gator fans. Some of them don't care to hear that. Some of them, you know, are okay with that. I'm 100% fine with it. I mean, we're we're at where we're at right now because of him um, as our as our quarterback. And I don't think that there's a person in that locker room that tell you, you know, they can't win with him. Um, you know, I think for me, Dan's got to continue to do what he's doing on the offensive side of the football to create, you know, create space and create some dynamic, explosive plays with the likes of Kadarius Tony um on the outside and I think he's starting to come along uh in a sense that Dan can trust him a little bit more and in, in involvement in the offense. I think you're starting to see the receivers come on a little bit. Uh I think just from watching in my perspective, we talked about it earlier in the year the receivers were gonna have a big role this year um and what they were going to be able to do against man coverage. I'm still waiting to kind of see that turnover because I still think we struggle at times against man coverage. Um but that being said, we're running the football, and when we can run the football, and the offensive line is is getting up to the second level, you know we have a pretty powerful offense, um, an offensive run game, and that opens up a lot for you in the pass game.
0: Tate Casey Gator Radio Network, former Gator tight end, and his jump pass made 10 well famous. Uh, congratulations on the first ten; you got two more, to, three more to go. And thanks for your time, Tate. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, Tate Casey coming to you. Good stuff from Tate there. Uh, yeah, if you haven't heard him, I've I, I heard his uh, stuff, uh, and, I, and, and I like his analysis. Uh, he, he's he's spot on. He's uh, he'll take a shot here and there, you know, uh, and, and he's uh, he he'll give you his uh, his opinion, and he has a frame of reference to do it in that regard. So, uh, congratulations to him. We're going to do this. We're going to skip past our commercial break there for a minute and see if we can't go to the phone lines and get our friend while he's still around. Uh, Chris Doring, uh is running the shuttle back and forth uh, from, um, mm-hmm. from Charlotte uh, to Gainesville these days and uh, on his job. He gets to see a lot of football, but he also has a, a busy, busy time. So we're going to see if we can get him on a, to, to catch up with him and um, – Let's see what we got here. It's uh, like someone said; it's not easy producing and hosting at the same time. So we will see if we can uh, make this work. And we'll have. I want to get. Uh, I want to get Chris's perspective on uh, on on uh, on the bowl picture and see where they stand on this because uh, I think uh, I, I, I'm a little confused. I put the New York six up last night. Uh, and uh, said, okay, here's what they're saying on ESPN. Not that ESPN always has all the right information, but their projection, it didn't make sense to me. Uh, uh, see how, th- now this is based on where they are now. And we know also uh, that this is going to change because these teams play each other. And obviously uh, something has to change. Uh, they, they're this, the same top, 10 or so won't be there. So uh Hello? let's go to the hotline now and to our Red Star split screen and talk to the man who's the king of the shuttle from Gainesville to Charlotte. He must have a million points. Uh I don't know what, what airline, Southwest?
1: American, man, American. American. The, uh, the flight direct to Charlotte from Gainesville. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a platinum uh, American airline uh, flyer.
0: They send, you a, they send a limo for you, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't... uh you know, it's not, not something some I take great pride in, but it's it. Uh, it is nice to have the direct flight from Gainesville. So I'm uh, I'm actually a little weary after being in Alabama, Birmingham, and Huntsville the yeah. last couple days.
0: How so. was that, by the way?
1: It's good. It's good. You know, good two good quarterback clubs. The Birmingham Monday Morning Quarterback uh-huh. Club was cool, and uh, I was actually named SEC Offensive uh, Back of the Year back in '95. So it was a ah, return trip there nice. for me, and then uh, my first trip to Huntsville and. Uh, Got to see all the rockets
0: and everything else. So cool, uh, cool yeah. history for me too. Good group up in Huntsville up there. They do. They yeah. love the Gators, and they're stuck in that area. Oddly enough, that that's an area where you have all these schools that overlap. You know, and you've got uh, you, you you've got uh, there are Tennessee fans up there, Alabama fans, Auburn fans, Florida fans. As a little pocket of Gator fans right there, and these guys at Rocket City Club do a very good job there.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, had a good time. Yeah. So uh, good to be back and head out again Friday morning.
0: Well, um, I get a chance to catch you most of the time. Sometimes I have a DVR set for your SEC now and unfortunately, uh, I turn it on as a game. Because you, know, you don't always you don't always get to catch the analysis, Chris. The games spill over, and when you have you come in between games. But uh, what's all the talk up there after last week? I know you had to be feeling better about your Gators after taking a bashing a couple of weeks ago for the Missouri game, and now they came to play, and it looked pretty grim there for a while, Chris. And all of yeah. a sudden, bingo! It changed. Well, you know-
1: I uh, I actually picked against them on Friday night on our show, and, and my explanation for that was that I had seen South Carolina fight all season long. That's a team that really has developed uh, an M.O. that uh, reflects their coach's attitude, and we all know Will Muschamp is the grinder, and so I, I didn't think Florida had to fight in them. And when they went down 14-0 early in the game, I thought they were done. When they went down 31-14 early in the thir- or late in the fourth, third quarter there, I thought they were done, but they surprised me with their fight. Uh, They were very physical against a a defense in South Carolina that hadn't been all that good against the run and was beat up considerably on that side of the ball. But I give Florida a lot of credit for doing what they had to do to win the game. Sometimes you would like to do it with a little bit more aesthetically pleasing uh, route, but um, this was one where they they had to get blue collar, and uh, that included using the quarterback to run, which I think he's developed a little uh, niche for. And uh, it was nice to see them show some fight, make some plays late in the game, and close one out.
0: In the oddest of ways, the very anger that made Felipe Franks do what he did, and although some people are saying that shush was more for Luke Del Rio than it was for the, for the crowds, but the anger and the sense of competitiveness that he had, which caused him to shush the crowd, was also the thing that gave him the fight and his heart. And it, to me, it totally changed his game. If you saw him hop up there off the sideline after getting dinged, I think if he have gone to, to protocol, he might not have come out. You know, But he didn't waste anything. He would scramble back on the field and on the on the field and then made that, that run, which was a nice run. It did it a long way. And then wound up uh, benefiting from Kadarius Toney's uh, big run. And then after they couldn't stick it in the end zone because of the, you know a couple of things, they got a second chance for the pass difference. And you know the story. He goes in the off-tackle sneak and doesn't get in. Uh, and there was a confusion on the sideline about what play was called. And he was saying, let's run it again, run it again. And Mullen says he was already running it again. Although apparently uh, Felipe never saw that and went ahead and ran it and scored. And the guy who had been being booed Uh, scored the winning touchdown. And, of course, we know C.J. Henderson made a great play on that ball and ended that game. So I had written, uh, I didn't tweet it, but I put it on my Facebook link uh, that I had going, that that drive could be a make-or-break season. That drive could make a make-or-break season for the Florida Gators. You know what? It turned out to do that. It has changed everything, hasn't it?
1: Well, I'm not going to say it changed everything, but it got them another win and and uh, you know, showed some character. You know, I, what I want to see from this team is consistency, and that means consistency from from drive to drive. That means consistency from quarter to quarter. That means consistency from game to game. And uh, you know, that that was quite the contrast to the the lack of fight that we saw against Missouri. So, uh, can they carry it over in the final two games? A little lesser opponent comes to the Swamp this week in Idaho, but that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't mean you, you change what you do, you know. And I think that's the thing that Alabama does so well. It's a nameless, faceless opponent on the other side of the, the, the field from them, and they show up every week and they execute their game regardless of, of, uh, of who they're playing. So I, I think that that's the point you want to strive to get to. That's what I want to see in, in terms of execution on offense and on defense. And uh, the score, if you do that, will take
0: care of itself. All right, Chris, we're going to have a disagreement here. All right. Okay. You sound like Gene Sizzik, you know. Uh, when you talk, give me the coach talk. And I want to tell you, it does make a big difference. And it was a huge win because if they had lost that game, they're looking at the the, the – the, they're going to sliding down the hole, the black hole. And they would not be uh, in a position right now to play at New Year's Six, which they could still do. Uh, they would be playing against Idaho, the fan base – and I'll say this about Luke Del Rio, although I don't agree. I don't know how he would know this. He says that they stick with Frank's in this tweet that they'll lose, Mullum will lose the program. I don't think that would have happened. But it would have been a big dent in it right there. And now you have all of a sudden a lot of doubt in the fan base. You have people angry. You know how bad fans get. And you've got to come, somehow pull out. Eight wins out of this, and you, you you hope you can win your last two, but you can't say you can. I think it's a completely different scenario. And it's one of those things I don't play dice, but I know it's like dice tables. They they get rolling the dice and all of a sudden they're hot and things happen good. And when and, and then when things go cold, they go really cold. And they were just a step away from going really cold, coming off two losses, one getting beat by a team they should never have lost to badly. In every phase of the game, and trying to pull out a win with a quarterback who had lost his job, basically, and having the here he is getting booed. So yeah, I think
1: I, mean, it, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it was a win that they needed in order to keep things from going back. because you're, right. you're right. I mean, yeah. I think yeah. it could have gone into a, a, a downward spiral. It's like a tourniquet, right?
0: Like a tourniquet. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. But let's not let's not all of a sudden declare that they're hot. Oh no, 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 no. I didn't
0: mean team. that at all. No, I didn't yeah,
1: mean that. I mean, I, I think this is a team that still has. A lot of things that they need to work on, they need to get better, they need to yeah. improve upon. And so right. that's why, you know, they still have busts and communication on defense. The second touchdown, they, they let a guy go wide open because they don't know what, what coverage they're in or they're not passing guys off. Why properly. is that,
0: Chris? What is it, just the miscommunication on the safety in the corner?
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw it against Missouri, at least two of the touchdowns. So kind
0: of,
1: yeah, Yeah, it's because they don't know. I don't know if it's because they're trying to disguise too much and they get caught out of position, or they do something too tricky and they don't—they yeah. actually outthink themselves. But yeah. you know, we've seen it a lot the last couple of weeks, and that, that's yeah, why yeah. You, know, you overcome that against a team like South Carolina. And let's be honest, the remaining schedule is not all that challenging. With I know Florida State, is Florida State, but yeah, yeah, no,
0: it's not. But yeah, you know, just now this is like the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, you got, you got—you yeah. ought to have nine wins in your knapsack. And you're you got a shot to go, you know, play a really good bowl some some place and see what happens. And now, and you also get to look at your quarterback of the future, Emory yeah. Jones, you know, which yeah. is we, we had to and, see and, him. And,
1: and, and I've had a big disagreement with everybody on Twitter, and everybody's the expert. I will, I you know, I'm going to put my 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 reputation online and say that Emory Jones is going to play a lot more. He's got, I, I expect him to play a quarter or a half of this football game, and everybody wants to come back and tell me, no, they're saving him for Florida State in the bowl game. Well, if he was that special that they needed to save him in order to beat a team, mm-hmm. they would have they used him against every other opponent throughout the season. So this, to me, is about developing Emory Jones, putting him in a position to be successful. And Dan Mullen has a history of not putting young quarterbacks in games where they're going to fail. He's always tried to bring those guys along and put him in a position to be successful. That's why I think you see him – this week against Idaho as opposed to holding them out for the FSU and, and bowl game.
0: Okay, that's a good opinion. I like it when you get feisty. Well, yeah. I just get
1: tired of hearing, you know, just because you play Madden football doesn't mean you're an expert, you know. <laughs> and I think a lot of these guys feel like they are on Twitter,
0: yeah. you, know? So. you know. Twitter's full of experts. Yeah. And they got there falling the of, you know, off the back of trucks yeah. on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, and that's fine. I mean, speaking of which, did you read Del Rio's or here's podcast or did you read his his uh, his, his his tweet. Um, last week about the fan base. Uh, well, yes, that, and also, obviously, yeah. And by the way, uh, the word is now supposedly that that those those shushes were directed to Del Rio and not the fans by Felipe. Have you heard that? Well, I don't
1: care about that. I mean, that that to me is is a sign of immaturity. You know, whether we're reacting to. Somebody on Twitter we're reacting to a fan base that hasn't full heartedly supported you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a 19 or 20 year old kid being emotional as opposed to a guy that's developed into a leader that is confident in his position. That, that's what you want at the quarterback spot. I like Felipe a lot. I've known him since his senior year in high school, and I covered one of the games for ESPNU. And uh, I've always thought fondly of him, but I, 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 he reads. And, and, and listens to too much. If you're going to play the quarterback position at a place like the University of Florida, as hard as it is, yeah. you got to tune it out. You can't go searching out what right. people are
0: saying about you. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Although, I'm going to tell you secretly, I kind of liked it in a way. That he was uh, He was so – if he was ticked off with the fans, uh, it was probably not the appropriate thing to do. But it also showed me he's got some, as they say, you know, certain part of the anatomy, uh, working for yeah, it.
1: I mean, you, you want to see a guy that competes, but the last thing you want to do, you know, it's funny because football is such a different sport from offense to defense. Defense, you can be fired up, you can be running around banging your head yeah. against the wall like you. we've seen. I yeah, but so offensively, particularly the quarterback position, you know, the guys that we talk about that are successful are the ones that are able to block out all the noise that can focus and and, uh, and just do their job without letting emotion get to the best of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what that is. So uh, he survived this one. Apparently he's going to keep surviving because he's like, you know, he's like a, he, he, he's like a Dracula. You're going to have to drive gonna, a stake through his heart to, to get him out. All right, now let's I'm talk about – I've
1: never seen a guy have more good luck happen to him than in the lineup, he, right? I mean, he it's amazing. You
0: can't get him out of there, Chris. No. no. You can't get him so, out of there. Uh, they, they've they've got,
1: they, that's that's where you got to take advantage of it, you know. Right? Yeah. You, 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 when things like that happen, there's clearly a message being sent from somewhere that hey, you got to take advantage of this. You're not going to keep getting these. Yeah, I mean, Zaire
0: again. was supposed to have the job last year, right? And then, yes, you,
1: Luke, Luke took it over, and yeah, then Luke got hurt, uh, and he okay. came back in, and Zaire took uh, it over. This guy hurt,
0: just so. he's just there. He yeah. just shows up. Hey, all yeah. right, let's talk about actually. If I'm holding you up too long, let me nah, know. No, uh, I wanted to say we're just we're talking about athletes. And comments and criticism. You're in a job <clears throat> where, you know, you have to make, you have an opinion. You're obviously going to take off some people. That's just the nature of the beast. You go through something earlier this year where you had to speak out about some yeah. people who were getting it wrong about you. And, yeah. and, and, and if you're going to do your job and you're going to, to be honest, you're going to offend a certain people, amount of people. Uh, the question is, what's the guideline? Like I said earlier in the show, Del Rio, if Del Rio would have, would have written, Uh, let's just say that you let's just say that take Casey who does the sidelines all right that he, since he's done 10 games, he notices talking to fans. He's experienced on the sideline. He can sense an uneasiness, unhappiness. And he made a tweet saying the Gator, and he could never do this, but the Gator, that, that Dan Mullen's in danger of losing uh, support for the fans if he continues to win a quarterback that can't, you know, that can't th- keep throwing interceptions. I, I would have said that has some validity to it. At least he's there. Luke Del Rio from somewhere in New Orleans right stuff based on what he thinks. And I get that he knows the game and played here, but he's kind of firing shots from, from, from way out. You know what I mean? Uh, even though I know he played with uh, Felipe and he knows some of the players, etc. So maybe, and, and listen, good luck to him on his career. I mean, I have no problem. Maybe he'll have a great podcast. There's room for everybody here. I, I So I have an issue there with how, and you as an ex-player, I want to get your thoughts. How do you deal with this because I've got a, I kind, of, I tweeted back to somebody today who former Gator, and he was being critical, and I fired something at him, and he fired back. I'll tell you what. I, all right, so what's your opinion about this? What is your well, guideline for what you can say and how you can say it, and what's appropriate and what's not?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's 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 interesting. I mean, we got to figure out what the dynamic is, and uh, you know, Luke Del Rio is a guy that that wants to get into the the broadcasting world, from what I understand. Right. So, you know, if you're going to do that, you have to try to be objective. You have to make <laughs> Uh, observations and call things as you see it. So I, I really didn't have a problem with what he said. And in fact, you know, I think there was probably some truth to it. I mean, everybody that I've talked to was really frustrated with the way that the offense has been playing and the fact that they've, they've, you know, you thought Felipe was getting better early in the season and then you saw some regression over the last couple of games. I think there's a level of frustration out there from, from, from Gator Nation. So, you know, the fact that he's not at the games or whatever, I think he was just making an observation from what he's talked to other Gator fans about and so okay. i don't really have an issue with that but f- your question is all right are we talking about a guy that's just tweeting as a former gator or are we talking about a guy that's you know that that's on on te- television as an analyst I, I think there's different roles okay then explain explain
0: the difference explain the difference
1: well i mean you know uh, for for me if if i go on the air and i'm you know catering to the gator fans or if i'm trying to be a homer then I'm not doing the job that ESPN pays me to do. And so I have a fiduciary responsibility to my employer to do the job the best I can and leave my personal feelings and leave the the bias out of any uh, analysis that I do. So, I mean, I think it it really comes down to, you know, are you being paid to do this job by somebody, or is this Mm -hmm. just your opinion that you're putting out there on on Twitter? I Mm -hmm. think um, everybody's entitled to their Twitter, to their feelings, and, and certainly Twitter gives everybody a voice, but... You know, as a former player, that's maybe not um, working as an analyst for somebody else. I think you you do have to show a little bit of of loyalty to your team.
0: Okay, here is a tweet that Rex Grossman sent out today. All right, nothing wrong with it, but I thought, well, this is curious that he would say this. I wonder why he wrote, he tweeted, Florida is going to finish the regular season as a top ten team, going to a bowl. I am still shocked. Okay, mm-hmm. so I just thought I would sort of troll him a little bit, and I said, "Why? Why are you shocked?" And he shot back: "Number one, still a stench of Mac lurking. Number two, quarterback is below average and not a Mullen, not a Mullen system quarterback. Three, defense has not been to a Gator standard. Your thoughts about that?"
1: I would agree with most of that. I mean, I, I, I don't want to talk about the, the McElwain stench or whatever, but part of what Dan Mullen's biggest challenge has been is overcoming this limitation that these guys have on the mental side of things. I mean, we've talked to, to Coach Mullen for months and months now about pushing through these barriers that they've created for themselves, both physically and mentally. So that does have something to do with the previous staff, with the previous strength staff. I mean, there's a lot that they've had to kind of uh, to overcome in in just the culture side of things. Now, I've said it time and time again, this is a very limited offense. Um, you know, I think their their running backs are really, really good. I think their receivers have some potential. You're limited by what you can do at the quarterback position because of, you know, an inability to maybe process things as quickly as you'd like. Uh, so you are limited there. And the offensive line still is not as consistent as you'd like them to be. They've gotten better, and I want to give them a lot, a lot of credit because they were terrible early in the season but they've gotten a lot better. But I would agree with Rex Grossman. To think about them being 9-3 and three and being a top-ten team, uh, I think that would have been, you know, I, I said 8-4, and 9-3 and three exceeds my expectations, and it's kind of ironic. The games that they lost were not games I would have thought they would have lost. Kentucky, no, right. Missouri, I mean, you know, they get an LSU win at home, mm-hmm. which was surprising. But I still think, again, this is a team that has a ton of limitations. And I quoted this, I tweeted this last week that, that is, a, that is a tip of the cap to Dan Mullen and his staff for what they've been able to put together with what they inherited and in overcoming the limitations and playing to the strengths of their team. That, that is a great coaching job. And he's not going to get the coach of the year because I think it will probably end up being Ed Orcheron or, or Mark Stoops. But I think Dan Mullen's done a tremendous job in season number one in
0: Gainesville. All right, fair enough. All right, give me – I've got a graphic I'm going to put up in a second on the New Year's Six. It's a little difficult to understand because it's a we don't know yet how the teams are going to finish Mm -hmm. up. But I put it up last night and talked about it, and it looks like there's a pretty good chance Florida, if they win out, which they should do, and these teams knock each other off, and we know some of them will, because they play each other, right? So there has to be some of it that Florida could wind up going to, let's say, and some projections say the Fiesta Bowl. That might be a reach. I've seen one that says uh, Florida State. It says a uh, uh, UCF, et cetera, et cetera, <clears throat> to play. Based on what you've seen and what you know, and I've got the graphic up on the screen right now. And this is what it has. How does this sound to you? <clears throat> this is obviously the the two championship games: uh, Notre Dame versus Clemson, and Michigan versus Alabama. That would leave Georgia and Oklahoma for the Sugar Bowl. Uh then the Rose would match up the Big 10 runner up Well, let's stop you right there. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure Oklahoma beats West Virginia. They may very well. Okay, I mean that's just yeah, too, that's but. just a projection. Yeah. I mean, we I mean, it could be all kind of all over the place. This is just one scenario, okay? Yeah. What I'm getting to you'll see in a minute. It's sure. not these games. These are Washington State, the, obviously the, the conferences match up, Ohio State, the team that didn't go to the championship. And then you've got uh you got the Chick-fil-A uh Peach Bowl which now they've got at this point in time, and you mentioned West Virginia, Syracuse and West Virginia. Now we know Syracuse have to be, um, I mean, should be able to, uh, they could should lose their name probably, but you never know. West well, Virginia. But, and so we got these two. Now, here's the interesting one the PlayStation Festival, this scenario. Put up by the by the folks at ESPN, your network, uh, the, the the on the bowl uh, on the uh, committee announcement tonight. They had for the listen to this LSU versus UCF. Now we know that the you know obviously LSU has to play Texas A and M yet UCF would they make that leap? I mean they might. You never know. Uh, and then you do the, the filet bowl, the, the peach filet, uh, the chick A bowl is certainly, not. so one of those two bowl games, if Florida wins out and gets to a, to a top 10 position as suggested by the former quarterback, Rex Grossman, that would put the Gators in a new year's six bowl game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that'd be quite an accomplishment, but don't. Here, here's where we need to go back and 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 talk about the role of the fans. Mm-hmm. And I've been critical of the attendance at the Missouri game. I, mm-hmm. I hear it wasn't a whole lot better against South Carolina. You don't think that these bowl teams they're going to take into consideration? Oh yeah. You know the yeah. the, the fans that are going to travel. I mean, in, in Florida, I'm interested to see if they do get a a, a bid to the festival. How many fans are going to be interested in, in making a trip out there? You know, I mean, I, I think that. That's um, something that back in the day that everybody would kill for. And I'm just uh, curious as to how, how what the level of
2: interest is from fans that would travel if that was the scenario that played out. That's a great
0: out, sure. point. It's a great point because the ticket sales do matter. Yeah. Uh, and bringing a fan base now does matter. And, you know, it, and let's face it, Gators don't travel like they used to. No. When you played, no. man, you guys used to have <laughs> –
1: Everywhere we went, we had a, a, a load of fans. Yeah, go, they
0: sell out, they, was, a lot of the tickets are already sold out. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: it, it, it's, uh, I know it's a different era, and I know it's a different uh, type of fan with some of right. the younger folks, but it's, it's embarrassing that we can't fill the stadium that it is, is formerly known as the Swamp, which yeah. is not going to be referred to as the Swamp until the fans get back and do their, their part of
0: making it a home field. It's become the mud puddle if you don't watch it. Yeah. Uh, sure. but, uh, but, look, look this, I mean, it's for fairness, this is endemic to college football in general. Sure. And I, you and I talked about this last week, and I said, let me present this scenario to you, how the fan base has changed, how the student body has changed, how the desire to watch football has changed. But, buddy, hey, that hasn't affected
1: Georgia. Look at what Georgia well, does. You know, Georgia travels. They, with Notre Dame, obviously a great road trip that I think Florida fans would have traveled to. But they go on the road to LSU, they fill that place up. Which Florida fans usually travel pretty well when they go to to, to LSU, to go to Nat New Orleans and all, but they have not and I know they have a lot of success, but I love what Dan Mullen says. It's not where we win first and then you show up. It's you show up um, and then we win. And I everybody wants to know what a great Gator fan they are. Well, I mean, you got a chance to go out this week. There's only what six or seven home games you got a chance to get out there and support your team and and kiss the the seniors goodbye for uh, guys that have been through a lot over the last four or five years. Well,
0: let me just say that uh, it took a while to get the fans in uh, early on, but uh, you know. And, and by the way, uh, Coach Spurrier told me this story about how the uh, he how he how a great response he got in 1990 when he came here, mm-hmm. and he said Tom Butters came down from Duke and he went to a game, a kind of a nothing game. And uh, it was not an SEC game. And he said he couldn't believe how the place was jammed. The people were begging for tickets. And he yeah. said, Man, you got a gold mine here. And he yeah. said, And, you know, as like Spurrier said, we had money championships then. You mm-hmm. know, so he did get the crowds up and get them going and he got them fired up. And, and, and you guys won six SECs or the, in that era. And, of course, uh, we know the rest. You couldn't buy a ticket, There was a waiting list. But mm-hmm. here's the thing about Georgia let's be honest. Georgia's competing for a championship, a, a national championship, sure. and let's not let's not forget that Georgia fans were leaving early a lot back in the day. Okay.
1: Well, that's that's because we made them leave early. I mean, well, when you put fifty on them, that makes yeah. them leave a little early. Well, that's so true. I, I'm with that's you true. on that, but that's um, true. yeah, I just I, I want I want it to be. Maybe maybe I'm just being too nostalgic, but I want it to be. I want these players to experience what it was like. That when I was there, what we got to experience.
0: You know what, Chris? That that's probably never going to happen, but I appreciate yep. what you're saying. And yep. I think we all want that, you know? It's yep. going to have to be a different way. I mean, that's why they're spending $6 million to upgrade this, the cell phone towers. Yeah, so
1: we're going to put some Wi-Fi so we can get you to come out and watch exactly, the football Exactly.
0: Exactly. You can play your, you can play your uh, games while you're watching mm-hmm. the game. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't quite get it, but uh, it's their generation. So anyway, so Good stuff. You're headed back up to, to, uh, on the shuttle to, uh, to do your deal. Uh, what, uh, in a, what, 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 in a light moment when you guys are in a break, who's the funniest Chiswick or Dari? I mean,
1: after me, obviously. If oh, I'm you're the clown. Them, well, you're the clown. That, yeah. 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 It's, um, you know, every, each of us have our moments, man. It's a, it's a really fun group. We have such a great time together and, uh, very intelligent humor from from Dory and and from Chiz. So I'm, I'm probably the I'm probably the, the low level funny guy with a little uh, of the uh, sophomoric humor. But it's uh, we have a good time, man. You have a
0: you humor. Uh, Dory is dry. Okay, <laughs> I get it. I understand it. Hey, it's always good to have you on, brother. I appreciate yeah. you very much. Thank we couldn't work it out earlier, but tonight was great. And thank you for spending the time with us. Yeah. We'll be tuning uh, in this it, weekend. Buddy. Thanks for hey. the uh,
1: open, open forum to talk about a bunch of different <laughs> stuff, man. I don't
0: forget. don't miss Cape C- Cupcake Saturday. Uh, I mentioned that to Chris Childers on the weekend. I said, Martha Stewart University. He said, <laughs> I'm going to use that, man. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's That's, funny, man. He's my guy. Is but, he really? Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed being on with him. Uh, it was yeah. fun. No, he does a
1: great – So, I, you know, I, I was doing the show with him in the afternoon. I'm actually – I'm still on in the afternoons on the SEC Channel on SiriusXM on Mondays, and then yeah. Tuesday through Friday I do the mornings with Peter Burns. But,
0: okay, uh, well, Don, see, I didn't know oh, where to find you on that. So
1: 374 okay. is the SEC Channel.
0: I don't. know What's that dude Burns like? I met him one time in Atlanta.
1: TV's great, man. I mean, I'm telling you, we are so fortunate to have the people we work with up there in Charlotte at the SEC Network Studios, man. I'm I'm very very grateful. So many good guys. Nobody that I I dislike at all.
0: I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I didn't know he was as tall as he was. So I saw him in L.A. Yeah, got some height on him. He's he like six three, height. maybe four six three. Six. What are you, Chris? I'm 6'4". He's a little shorter than me. Probably know, two about, or so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mister Doring. All right. Have we'll a safe trip. Bye, Thanks for your time. Bye, Appreciate it. Good story. What I like about that is that's not the Doring you see and hear usually on TV and, and even when was on radio is that uh, he's very candid about his comments. And uh, and I really uh, enjoy having, in, in, he's an intelligent guy, which makes you wonder why he comes on with me, because he's an intelligent guy. I just like having, I mean, guys like him, guys like Moulton, guys like that. I really enjoy uh, having a football discussion. The context for bigger picture context. And I think it's really fun. Uh, when you look at these scenarios and you talk about fan bases and you talk about ex players and what their comments are and you have a little bit of candor about it uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and you know and you know and I hear his pride coming out. He doesn't want to see the Gator Nation kingdom. He doesn't want to see the Gator, the Gator Nation slip. He doesn't want to say, well let's don't pick Florida uh, uh, because they don't bring a fan base. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that being said? I mean, well, this is the University of Florida. It's the same thing we said, Bosh coming up on next week, a year ago, when people were crying and whining and gnashing teeth, talking about, uh, well, we'll never have a good program here. It's all done here. We won't get a coach. It's all over. And we said, hey, this is the University of Florida, man. Okay, they're going to get a coach. They're going to find somebody. And, uh, and a few people believe that. And by the way, I looked it up. When do you think the anniversary is of the airport? And do you remember the airport? And what do you remember the airport? It, it changed everything that night. Most of you know this. Maybe some of you do not. Because we have a lot of new people. Guys like Lynn and, and Sodia and Nat and, and, and all you guys, you know the story. And a few others who've been with us, and uh, you've been around, and you know what it was like back then. And so here we are, a here we are doing a uh, a show only a few days away from the first anniversary of what was the birth of the Gator Nation Kingdom. Uh, <clears throat> so um, anyway, uh, it's been amazing. Uh, I'm going to try. Mark Page remembers it. I'm going to try and uh, dig up something. The Crown Prince is back in town, finally. We'll try to have something uh, put together next week on that. David remembers it. Yeah, you're right, Michael. It wasn't an, was an empty plane. They had a plane, but they, they didn't have uh, the guy they went after. Uh, and thankfully, by the way. Uh, Lynn makes a good point. He says this year is different. Uh Make a New York six New York six bowl. Maybe that would make change things. You think? Hmm. Would you travel to Arizona? Let me ask you folks. Would you travel with Arizona? Would you go there for to see them play UCF? Okay. Would they? Now, LSU. You know LSU is right now number seventeen in the country. Believe it or not. Although Florida beat them, and there if they went out, they're going to probably wind up there. And then it gets down to denigrating the, the Peach Bowl. So, again, and Chris makes a great point. If you don't travel well, that could be a deciding factor when you go to New York, six, and then you say it's different. Well, I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> so, airport was in actually November, believe it or not. Uh, Keith, I looked it up. It was uh, uh, I've got the date, looked it up last night. I want to say it was the 17th or 18th. Monday would be the anniversary. Uh, the Ocala airport for those who don't remember where well, we made the trip out there that night. We kind of made a declaration that week. And by January we were together and we've had some people who've done a great job holding the line. And, uh, yeah, we were like that. Lynn says we were like a dog the bounty hunter. I actually, I used to watch that show all the time. He's a Denver guy. Believe it or not, I, I can't believe I used to watch dog the bounty hunter all the time. Why would I do that? Uh, um, yeah, there you go, Lynn. Uh, that would be nice uh, as if we get those sponsors, right? Uh, if it, Daniel L. Hightower or Orange Star or Mark's Prime uh, kicking the dollars. Well, they're they're they kicking in the dollars to keep the show on the air. And that's the thing, and I appreciate it. And uh, it's hard to get people to do that these days. Um, so, yeah, it was like Cheaters, We David, we talked about that getting out of that getting out of that car. Those are people who don't know what I'm talking about. I say, whoa, 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 what is that? What are you talking about? The, the deal is that night, it, Brendan and I are rolling around there trying to find the entrance to get into where the private plane was coming in and spotting Scott Strickland getting off the plane. And Brendan, wheeling, he was a wheel man, wheeling around there, and so he sees them and spots them and sees they're walking off the tarmac right to their cars. And I'm opening the door, Brendan's saying, go, 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 go. And it was like the cheaters. You ever watch that show? That's what they do, apparently. i was seen it one time. Um, and Sody says, we won your heart, Sody. Well, uh, we we were amazed at the response. Amazed. Um, yeah, and uh, Nat says uh, Dan Mullen ex- accepted the job Thanksgiving weekend, but no one knew it. Um, I don't know if that's accurate. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Because uh, his wife told us about uh, about that uh, exactly what took place. And I don't, she never said it was Thanksgiving weekend, but you may be right. Yeah, Scott Strickland was, uh, <laughs> yeah, Scott Strickland is a pretty good dude. Turns out he's been very kind when he came to our first tailgate, and we invited him over. Remember the Gator Walk, and he looked at me and says, "Is this an ambush?" <laughs> Oh, I said thanks for what you're doing for my school. So, anyway, yeah, Megan, Megan, Nat, I don't remember that. You could be right. I maybe I, I, it was Thanksgiving week. I just don't have a timeline, but we didn't know it at the time. You're correct. So that would be this was well, but think about it. Was this uh, this thing with where the with where the airport thing was right was before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving was late that year, so it was the 19th or see I think it was the 19th. I got the date written down somewhere. So uh, yeah. Well, there were a couple of flights that went out, uh, uh, flights, and one of them, they weren't, they, they sent these ghost planes out and to, to get you, and, and remember the flight that went out there, they said, oh, that's just a known business. Something, and we said, well, they were saying that, but that flight really wasn't anything. But it turns out maybe it was, huh? We'll have to go look into that and see maybe next week and see, retrace our steps and see what we said, because Megan, uh, did tell us all about how the phone call came and, and, uh, and she said, you better take that. And it was obviously Scott Strickland. And, uh, yeah, and the uh, uh, the bottom line was uh, he came back and she said, you're taking this job. He said, I just took it. So he basically accepted the deal, term, not determined to be negotiated. So it was quite a night, and look how it's turned out. Uh, <laughs> I scared off Chip Kelly. You know what? Chip Kelly wasn't coming here. He was playing. He was leveraging Florida all the way to UCLA, leveraging, 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 um, uh, and you know, if I scared him off, good. I'm glad I did. Uh, I'll take the guy we got <clears throat> for sure. So we'll get we'll get on this next week uh, and see if we can figure out, retrace our steps, and, and talk about. Have any of us are left we'll have an air maybe we'll have an airport show Monday or Tuesday, okay you guys up for that, and uh we'll see what we can figure out uh We'll see if we can have a few memories now some of you get your best get your best airport memory out for next week maybe a late night daily daily. or something we'll we'll talk about it's been an interesting show tonight. I haven't done many commercials. I need to do a couple right now. I'll make sure I get that taken care of so stand by one second while I tell you about Center State Bank <clears throat> good friends at center state bank tom ingram is here tonight tom ingram formerly the president of the bank he's been out of town on sabbatical he's back went to quarterback club with me and tom did a great job helping us formulate this quarterback club and uh, this is the bank he helped build right there and that's a beautiful building if you ever been to come to ocala you should go there because it's it's a terrific place just to go in and have a cup of coffee and a cookie uh they're all about community and uh They have it right there on the slogan, centered on community and customer service. They're also a bank, of course. They have money there, and they want to loan it to you if you're credit worthy. And they believe in having good relationships with their customers. Also, uh, they believe in world-class service. And they want to let you know they believe in long-term horizons on their finances. Uh, They're located in 82 different places in 30 Florida counties. This one here is in Ocala at Silver Springs Boulevard, where you can go. um, And uh, there's an art gallery upstairs. There's events being held there. And of course, they have the drive in window if you want to go outside. So check them out. Go online and find out what one is closest to you. There's a few in South Georgia. There's some in quite a few of them in Florida. CinestateBank.com. Check them out. If you want to call this bank here and you're in the Ocala area, it's 352 368 6800. It's on Silver Springs Boulevard. And uh, Center State Bank, centered on community and customer service. Um, these folks have done an unbelievable job. Renstar has been so supportive. And I love that not only do they support us as a sponsor, but they also support these kids. Tonight we got to see Brian Maurer the uh, the quarterback for Westport. What a young man in this kid. I'll tell you what, Tennessee got a great kid in this kid. Brian Maurer from Westport, who just lit it up, scoreboards. Uh, and he and his coach came over today. And uh, we had a chance to to talk to him. Uh, and really really enjoyed uh, having uh, Coach Franklin there and Brian Maurer. And the Red Star folks are, uh, helped make it possible with their Red Star Star of the Week. And they also have a superior medical research facility with a proven reputation high-quality patient-centered facility. Red Star Medical Research brings cutting-edge clinical research to Ocala in areas like psoriasis, uh, osteoarthritis, Alzheimer's, migraine, <coughs> excuse me, and fibromyalgia, along with many other conditions. So Red Star participated in more than 600, closer to 700, clinical research studies and trials since uh, 1970, let see, 1998. Uh, and so check them out. You can go online uh, to uh, Redstar, uh, dot, uh, net. Actually, it's www.redstar.net. And uh, check it out when they say seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. That's Renstar Medical Research. Thanks again for all your support and what you do. And I want to tell you one more thing before I let you go. We have to have a little food. Mark's Prime. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I do love that restaurant and everybody knows that. This is just some of the pictures of the food that I put up. And I love it because I it's a it's a place you can go where you feel like you're in a classy joint. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just want to go someplace. You got some friends from out of town, you've got a wife or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a fiance you want to impress, a job well done, you want to go somewhere you can have a nice meal. And this is what they do for you. They want to give you a unique dining experience. They work really hard to do this with their uh, with all their uh, service and their food, their fresh, uh, seafood, the fresh seafood, the finest beef you can eat anywhere, the premium wines, and their great naturally fresh vegetables. Check them out today. Go online to uh, com. Find out about their complimentary Valley Parking, Ocala. Uh, you can call 352-402-0097, Gainesville, 352-336-0077. Check it out. Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood for a unique dining experience. Uh, I didn't get a chance tonight to play my interview with TMAC. Uh, and I want to do that. Uh, maybe not tonight. Uh, I won't be able to get it in. But I wanted to say I appreciated Terry Norvell being here tonight. Uh, and he's uh, interesting and we have a few of his thoughts which we'll save for tomorrow night. Uh, I believe Edgar might, might try to be on tomorrow night. A couple other people, Cassidy Hill will be here. Uh, probably uh, looks like we're going to have Tomorrow night, also, um, Zach, uh, we'll, we'll have, hopefully have Zach Abelverdi uh, on. It's going to be a busy night as always. And um, tomorrow, we're doing our Buddy Martin live show from the Riley, which is here in town. It's not the sports show. This is a show we do for community. It used to be called Our Town. We'll be doing that. Crown Princess back in town. He'll help us with that. So all that coming tomorrow is going to be a busy, busy day as it has been. I want to put one more picture up. This is a young man you should know about, all right? This is a young man you should know about. I have an interview up posted already. Not the guy on your right. French Beard looks great after losing 50 pounds, doesn't he? Man, on the right. The man, young man in the middle is Trey Mann and uh, two ends. He's holding a gold football, ironically. But he is a special young man and a special basketball player who today this is prior to his announcement or his, that he is signed with the University of Florida as a basketball player starting next year he's got another year to go here at the villages and at the charter school and I, we did an interview and I really enjoyed it I got to meet Trey Mann and Brian Maurer two young kids today who I was so impressed with and I love that I got a chance to do that because sometimes we sit back on our sofas and whatever and don't see these people as real people. And, uh, this young man, his father who, from interlocking by the way, uh, and you're going to be hearing about him. Check it out. Uh, he's a, he's, he's going to be a special basketball player for Mike White. I didn't see the score of the game yet tonight. We'll check it out. Okay. So that's going to wrap it up for the night. You th- thanks to, uh, to the to coaches, by the way, coach Franklin, uh, with Brian Maurer and, uh, Coach McFarlane Coach, uh, Coach Colt McFarlane uh, there down the villages for their helping on this interview and uh, thanks to Trey Mann. Look forward to seeing him play. Alright, that's going to wrap up the night and uh, again, thanks for watching and listening. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same station. Oops, let's get